0: me to the book of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 4, and then also in your New Testament, turn to Ephesians chapter 5. Proverbs chapter 4 and Ephesians chapter 5. As soon as you find Proverbs 4 and Ephesians 5, please stand to your feet if you would. And beginning in, in Proverbs 4, look with me down in verses 20 down through 23. If your neighbor does not have a Bible this morning, please allow them to look on with you. It says, My son, attend to my words, incline thine ear unto my sayings, let them not depart from thine eyes, keep them in the midst of thine heart. For they are life unto those that find them, and health to all their flesh." Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. And then if you look with me in Ephesians chapter 5, let's read verse 15 together out loud in unison. Ephesians 5 and verse 15. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Let's bow for prayer. Father we pray that you would help us to grab a hold of some wisdom this morning. We live in an age that uh, is, is really is permeated with wickedness. And to, to believe that that wickedness does not slop over and affect us uh, would be very, very naive. But Lord, uh, I'm thankful that we've got a God who can bring these things to our attention help us to to walk circumspectly help us to keep our hearts with all diligence lord you don't ever ask us to do something that you don't give us the ability and the power and the grace and the strength to do father i'm so thankful for the god whom we serve and i pray that you would bless this this uh, time together in your word help us god please to come before you this morning with an honest and an open heart, for it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. By the way, go ahead, sit down. Um, By the the way, uh, I just want to make mention of something before I go into the message. Um, Brother John Mills preached on Wednesday night. He preached an excellent message. If you were in here, you missed it, but you can still get it. It's online. It's on our, on our YouTube channel. You, what you, you, you just simply look up Freedom, Freedom Baptist Auburn, New York, and it'll take you to it. Um, I highly recommend, if you haven't listened to it, please listen to it. Um, when he called me, uh, it, actually, it was only just a few days before we actually had him in, I believe it was last Saturday, uh, and he called me and said, listen, I've got a couple of Wednesdays free. He says, I really don't have any any place to fill them He says would you like to have one of them? And he said, I've really got a message that just I'm really burdened about he told me a little bit about the message and, uh, and the fact that it was a, a burden for God's people to to seek his face and to, to get revived and, uh, and I, I just Really felt led of God to have him. I'm, gl- I'm glad I followed the Lord on that thing, as that was a blessing. It was a uh, just a, just an excellent excellent message, and uh, that that message uh, has has really uh, prompted me to preach what I'm preaching on this morning. I believe in order for us to have revival, we have to we have to, to see. The problems that we are facing ourselves. And when I say revival, I, you know, I don't know if we're going to have national revival. I, I know it's possible. I don't know if we're going to have uh, revival in our area. I know it's possible. I don't even know if we're going to have revival in our church. I know it's possible. But I do know this. I know that every single one of us can have revival in our hearts every single day. We can be closer to God, uh, and we can be as close to God as we desire to be. But oftentimes, there are dangers that are lurking in our lives that we're not even aware of. And what I want to preach on this, smor- this morning is uh, signs of, of spiritual danger. And uh, uh, the Scripture tells us that we ought to keep our heart with all diligence, Oh, why? Because that's where the seat of our Christian life really lies, is in our heart. Um, if, if your heart goes bad, if your heart's affected, it's going to affect everything uh, in your life, including and especially your walk with God. And that is of utmost importance. Then, then you go over to the book of Ephesians, and it says, walk with Circumspectly. In other words, that means look around. And not just look around outside of you, but look around on the inside and see if there's any dangers that are lurking. Take your Bibles and turn with me to, to uh, Revelation chapter 3. Revelation chapter 3. This is the church at Laodicea. And I have referenced that church probably in the last few weeks more than I have in any time past. I really believe that we are living in the in the Laodicean church age. Uh, this is this really describes uh, the the condition of even sadly enough Bible believing Baptist churches. Uh, but we need to be we need to be aware uh, that that dangers are lurking, and sometimes they're there. They're present. And we don't, we're not even cognizant of it. In Revelation 3, verse 17, he's speaking to, to this church, and he's, he's telling him. he says, you're lukewarm. He says, I wish you were hot or cold, but you're neither one. He says, you're lukewarm, and I just—I—I I want to just spit you out of my mouth. Uh, verse 17, he says, because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods, And have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. Now, what he's saying essentially is this. You're you're physically, you're doing fine. Spiritually, you are an absolute train wreck. And and, uh, they did not know it. I believe they did not know it because they weren't keeping their hearts. I believe they did not know it because they uh, they were not walking circumspectly. They were not aware of the dangers that lie within, and we need to be aware of those dangers. And I want to look at some of those, and then then briefly look at the at the solution for those dangers this morning. First danger I want want us to look at is is a. Uh, And i got this on the top of the list on purpose i think this is an area where most of us probably struggle the most and and uh it's something that we have to constantly be diligent with uh, and in and that's that's the area of prayer Uh, there's a danger of of a lack of interest uh, in in the in the practice and the the duties of of uh, of having a prayer life with God, you know when when you're when you're right with God, you don't spend time with God in prayer because it's a duty. You spend time with God in prayer because it's a desire. It's something that you want to do. You look forward to uh, to talking to God. You know, one of the things my wife and I have talked about this, I enjoy time with my wife. Uh, not just to be together, but I enjoy talking to her. I love it when our kids come home and they're, they're all together. Why? Because we talk. And I, I, I love talking to my family. Well, you know what I found? I found who I love, I love to talk to. And if, if I love the Lord like I'm supposed to, I, you don't have to put a gun to my head to, to talk to him. I'll have a desire to talk to him. And, and uh, uh, I'll I have a longing to go to the mercy seat. The Bible says that we should come boldly unto the throne of grace. And uh, if, that, if that desire is starting to get a little bit on the cold side, might not be totally frozen, okay? But if you just don't have the prayer life, that you once had, then there's, then there's something wrong. And we need to realize that that is an extremely dangerous thing. Um, if, if, if you're growing cold in the area of prayer, uh, prayer is an, is an exercise, uh, like, like physical exercise. Uh, I don't know about you, but anytime I've I've had to in the past do physical exercise, uh, it's something I do because I have to do, but I don't really care uh, to do it. I'm just doing it because it's something I'm supposed to do. When prayer starts getting like that for you, it's my prayer time now, I have to pray. Uh, and the desire begins to, to wane, then we're in trouble. Uh, prayer adds, uh, if, if your prayer is not adding strength and not adding joy and not adding hope uh, in, in your life, then there's something wrong with your prayer life. Uh, there's something wrong if it if it becomes rote and if it becomes mechanical. you know one of the things I really got on our kids when they were when they were younger is starting off their prayers their exact same way. And I, I catch myself doing that from time to time myself and we get into a rote mechanical method of prayer. I'll tell you the truth if you if you talk to, if, if, if some of you talk to me, the way that some of us talk to God, I wouldn't want to talk to you. I really wouldn't. You know, hi, how are you, Grant? Good to see you this morning. <laughs> I, I I really appreciate your friendship and say the same thing over and over and over again. Well, sometimes we do that with God, and when that begins to happen, the red flag needs to come out, and we need to realize that. Listen, our our our. Uh, time with God and our conversation and our our relationship with God is starting to get cold. James chapter 5 and verse 16 says this, and this this is a verse that just about every time I read it, I get under conviction. It says, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. It says it needs to be effectual, it needs to be uh, done by a righteous person, and it needs to be fervent. In other words, it's talking about a right heart, right request, and a right spirit. How would you characterize your prayer life as being fervent? Do you have a fervent prayer life? If not, spiritual danger has, has come into your life, and you need to remedy that. Another spiritual danger is a general indifference about spiritual things. Just a, you know, we start taking spiritual things for granted as we as we grow in the Lord. Sometimes, and we we get to the point where again uh, we go to the Bible and we read the Bible because it's our Bible reading time. It's not because we want to read the Bible, it's because we're supposed to read the Bible. Uh, it says so on my calendar, it says so on my Bible reading schedule. Um, and, and the desire uh, to read the scriptures and to, to hear from God is not what it used to be. Uh, when it comes to coming to church, do you, I, you know, and again, I'm glad for each one that's here. And I certainly don't want to talk you out of coming. I, I, wish, I wish we had more here. Uh, but, but the truth is this, why are you here? I mean, this morning. Well, it's Sunday morning uh, this is where I'm supposed to be. I hope that's not the case. And if it is, understand that. That's not just, well, it's kind of a, a listless attitude. No, it's dangerous. It's dangerous. And these kind of attitudes are the kind of attitudes that are the problem and why our country is in the shape that it's in. Uh, the Bible says if judgment begins, it needs to begin at the house of God. In other words, if we don't take care of, of our hearts and, and, and of, 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 the, of the state of, of our attitudes, spiritual attitudes, then um, why should we be surprised that our country is a mess and in the trouble that it's in? Uh, when you come to church, do you, do you have little... Spiritual af- affection. Uh, you, you, don't, you don't find yourself uh, loving the singing. You don't find yourself enjoying hearing the word of God preached. You don't uh, enjoy testimonies. You don't enjoy the fellowship like you ought to. you gotten a little cold. Um, when you sit in church like you are right now, where's your mind? Are you here? Are you here? Or are you off somewhere else? It's, it's easy to get distracted, and it's easy to, to have our minds wander if our heart isn't in the right place, and it isn't where it's supposed to be. Um, you, your mind can be preoccupied with something. I it doesn't even necessarily have to be, in and of itself, sinful things. It can be, it can be things that are not sinful, but just things that are preoccupied by our, our minds rather than thinking on the things of God. Um, I, I find this. I find that Christians today, and we've got we've got some in our church that pick and choose when they come to church. I don't know. Again, I was I was taught this, and 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 I was taught this, and I did it at first because I was supposed to. But I'll be honest with you: when the doors are open at Freedom Baptist Church, you say, "Well, yeah, you're here. You're the pastor." Can I tell you something? I want to be here. Well, most of the time, every now and then <laughs> I slip, just like you do. But but the truth is, overall, I want to be here. I want to be here. I, uh, you know, I, I enjoy so, so much uh, watching people when they newly get saved and really, really just have a hunger and a thirst for the things of God. And it's, it's been a blessing to watch Nick and his family over these last two years uh, grow in the Lord. I was just talking to somebody about it the other day why aren't the rest of us like that we ought to be like that if you're not you say well I am okay good that's that's great uh, that that shouldn't be lost uh, we, we have to in, in in reality there ought to be a deeper appreciation for the scriptures there ought to be a deeper appreciation for fellowship there ought to be a deeper appreciation for prayer uh, than we've ever had before uh, because as, as we get older and we see God working uh, in, in our lives. Um, what did you do today to get, or yesterday, to get ready for today? And I don't mean if you're a science school teacher, you got your lesson ready. I mean, did you prepare your heart? Uh, the Bible talks about a king that because he did not prepare his heart, he he ended up defaulting into evil. And that's why I, I, I find we're at today in a lot of cases because we don't attend to the things of the heart. We just, we just default into, into the wrong mode, into the evil mode. Um, there's a, along this line of a, of a general indifference about spiritual things, there's a, a, a lack of soul consciousness. I remember years ago, I uh, went, to a, went to an evangelistic meeting. It was a tent meeting. It was going on in uh, Springfield, Missouri, and I was there for, for summer school one year. It was after my first year. And uh, there was a fellow who was an evangelist, and uh, he, uh, he had tent meetings for, uh, I think it was almost two weeks, I went to one of the meetings and he made a comment that I will I will never forget. He said, "When you came to this meeting tonight, he said, you saw people on sidewalks. You saw people crossing the street. You looked over and you saw other people driving their cars. Did you ever one time did it ever one time enter your mind I wonder where that person will spend eternity? That's a good question. I'll never forget that question. Because basically what he was saying is, is that I, I need to be, on a daily basis, soul conscious, and realize that everyone that, I, that I'm in contact with has got a soul that's going to go somewhere for all eternity. And if, if we don't attend to those attitudes and those things, we get we get just a general indifference about spiritual things. Another, another uh, uh, danger that we that we have a spiritual danger is is we can have a devotion to the world. Uh, take your Bibles and turn with me to First John chapter two. First John two. First John chapter two. Look in verses 15 and 16. It says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Now he's talking to save people. And he says, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not, the, uh, uh, is not of the Father, but of the world. Uh, a devotion to the world. The Bible says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Um, When when we become devoted to the world, we give uh, our our thoughts and our time become a priority in other areas rather than in spiritual ones. Um, And now again, you've got to do the things of this life. I understand that. But there's a difference between doing the things of this life and being entangled in the things of this life. And when the things of this life become more important than the things of God, then we're we're walking into a a real spiritual danger. You know, what what kind of thoughts consume you? What What are the things that you find yourself meditating on? The truth of the matter is, you know, the Bible talks about meditation and meditation is not sitting down cross-legged, you know, like the world depicts all the time. Uh, you know, in a, in a, it wound up like a pretzel. Uh, if I did that, uh, I'd be there permanently. Uh, I'd never get out of that position. But, uh, but uh, uh, meditation is just simply what you mull over in your mind. Uh, meditation is simply what you think on. And the truth of the matter is we all meditate question is, what do you meditate on? You know, do you meditate on God's word? Do you meditate on God's blessings? Do you meditate on, on the things of God? Or do you meditate on the things of this life? you meditate on the things of the world? Um, again, 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 4 uh, tells us that we, we, we should not get entangled in the things of this life. Now, you've got to get involved. I understand that. But there comes a point where if you're not careful, the world has got you. And, and, and let me tell you how I, I know this. Um, over the years, the, probably the number one reason why folks don't get more involved in serving God. What is it? I just don't have the what? Fill in the blank. Time. I just don't have the time. Well, if I don't have the time, then I'm starting to get entangled. And when we get entangled, then it begins to grab a hold of our heart, and we begin to have a devotion to the world. Take your Bibles and turn them into Psalm 10. Psalm 10. This is why it's so important. Psalm 10. This is one of those verses. There's a bunch of them in the Scripture that just every time I read them, they kind of hit me between the eyes. And this is one of those verses. In, in uh, verse 4 of Psalm 10, it says, The wicked, through the pride of his countenance, will not seek after God. God is not in all his thoughts. It doesn't say God is not in his thoughts. Says God is not in all of His thoughts. What's the what's the obvious implication? Well, if 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 we're where we're supposed to be spiritually, God ought to be a part of our entire thinking, ought to be in part of our entire thought life, ought to be a part of our entire life. Uh, rather than having devotion to the world and the things of this world, we need to have a total devotion to God. Um, in the in uh, the last book of the Bible, the book of Malachi. One of the things that God went after Israel, in particular the priests, about was the fact that one of the things they were doing was they were giving to God in sacrifices animals that were bruised, that had broken legs, that were maimed, and so forth, and not giving the very, very best that they had. You know, when it comes to our thought life, when it comes to our heart, when it comes to our devotion, you know, do do are you giving God the very best that you have, or are you giving Him the leftovers? And you know, leftover is that me again? I think it is. But I don't know what in the world I'm doing here. I'm going to have to have to take a look at that. But. Uh, um, I threw myself off. We're giving God the leftovers, and and basically, it's you know when when I have time, I'll think on God. When I have when I have a time, I'll I'll devote myself to the Lord. Uh, we need to we need to be completely devoted to Him, and He needs to be in all of our thoughts. Back years ago, there was a a pro, uh, a, a uh, it was a program for teenagers, and I was a youth pastor. And I I looked into it. It was it was quite good. Uh, It was called Conscious Christian Living. That was the name of the program, and it gave you exercises to do throughout the day, just to keep your heart and your mind on the things of God. And what what it did when when I I went through it is that it, it just reminded me that God is supposed to be not in some of my thoughts, not in most of my thoughts, but in all of my thoughts. And if, and if he's not, then my heart will start to, to stray and go in the wrong direction. Another, another danger is an unwillingness uh, that we have sometimes to receive reproof or to receive counsel. Take your Bibles and turn with me to the book of Proverbs. Proverbs talks about this a lot. In fact, this is one of the main themes of the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 1. And we'll just look through quickly some some of the verses. Proverbs 1, when it comes to counsel. Proverbs chapter 1 and verse... Look down at verse 30. Proverbs 1, 30. They would none of my counsel. They despised all my reproof. When you start despising when people correct you, there's something wrong in your heart. When you don't look to others for counsel, there's something wrong in your Christian life. Uh, chapter 11, and look in verse 14. 11, 14, where no counsel is the people fall, but in the multitude of counselors... There's safety. It's good to get counsel. Uh, Chapter 12 and verse 15. Chapter 12 and verse 15. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he that hearkeneth unto counsel is wise. And, 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 And I believe what this entails is an understanding that most of the time you're going to think that you are right. Well, when somebody comes along and corrects you, they might be right, they might not be right, but take it seriously. Don't get mad, don't get upset about that thing. It could be the Lord's trying to get your attention on something. Uh, Go with me back up a little bit to uh, chapter 1 of verse 23. These are verses about, about reproof. Verse 23 says, Turn you at my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit unto you. I will make known my words unto you. When will he do that? When will he pour his spirit out? When when will he fill us? When will he uh, make known a, a spiritual truth to us? When we respond right to reproof. And when we see that something is wrong in our life, we need to immediately take care of it. Go to chapter 10 and look down in verse 17. Chapter 10, verse 17. It says, He is... In the way of life that keepeth instruction, but he that refuseth re- reproof erreth. Uh, if you don't let people reprove you, if you don't let people rebuke you, if you constantly put up the defense shield, if you uh, are, are constantly uh, taking offense at, at things, there's something wrong on the inside. And you need to realize you have an, uh, an unwillingness to follow the Lord. Uh, go to chapter, chapter 12 and verse 1. It says, Whoso loveth instruction loveth knowledge, but he that hateth reproof is brutish. Those two are, are hooked together. Instruction means somebody telling you what to do, uh, reproof is somebody telling you what you've done wrong. And we, we ought, to, ought to appreciate those things so that we can be straightened out and can fly right. Chapter 13, in verse 8, says the ransom of a man's life are his riches, but the poor heareth not rebuke. And then chapter 15. Chapter 15, look down at verse 10. says, Correction is grievous unto him that forsaketh the way, and he that hateth reproof shall die. Uh, when someone is, is, is corrected and it's, it's a grief, to you, then it that ought to be a red flag. You ought to be thankful that someone corrected you. You ought to be thankful that uh, you've you've had something pointed out to you that needs to be changed. Chapter fifteen, down in verse thirty-two: He that refuseth instruction despiseth his own soul. But he that heareth reproof getteth understanding. And then, then last of all, chapter twenty-nine. Toward the end of the book, chapter 29, verse 15. It says, There's a roaring lion and a, and a raging bear. No, nope, that's not it. That's 28, 29. 29, verse uh, 15. The and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself bringeth his mother to shame. Uh, you know, one of the problems that we have is we've got homes today unfortunately, even Christian homes today, where correction is not properly administered. And uh, we, we start getting used to that, that lifestyle. The Bible says, listen, there's reproofs in life. There's people that love you enough to reprove you. And, and uh, there are times when the Word of God will over and over and over again reprove you. We need to respond to those reproofs, and when we have an unwillingness to do so, and it's it's not always this kind of a response. Sometimes it's just, oh well, and we walk on. If that's your response to reproof and that's your response to instruction and counsel, then there's danger lurking around the corner. Um, another uh, another danger is indifference to. The danger that rises from temptation. Uh, The Bible says fools make a mock of sin. Uh, If if you think for one moment that uh, you couldn't fall in the next two to three days, and I mean fall hard due to temptation, you're sadly mistaken. Uh, You need to understand that, that, uh, uh, that we are weak. Uh, in and of ourselves, and that's why the Bible says to walk circumspectly. That's why the Bible says to keep your heart with all diligence. Um, get as close to God as you can get, not as close to the edge as you can get. And I get, I get so fearful, and I see this all the time. I see Christians that try to get as, as close to sin without having the sin actually affect them. Uh, they put one foot in the world and one foot in the church and try to live that way. That's a dangerous place to, to, to be and that's a dangerous way to live. You can you can kind of tell when folks are going down the, the wrong road and heading in the wrong direction when they when they ask this question, well, what's wrong with? Well, well why can't I? Well, why shouldn't I? Well, maybe we ought to stop and say, wait a minute, maybe that's not the right question. Maybe I ought to be asking, what's right with this? Uh, what, 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 is, what is, you know, is, is this going to bring me closer to God, or is it going to cause me to not be as close to him as I should be? Um, you know, uh, when, when we start walking into, into temptation and that danger starts rising, it's because we, we become curious. That's why the Bible says, flee youthful lust." Uh, you, you know, you don't need to know all the where's and why's and, and, and so forth of sin. You just need to know that it's wrong and stay as far away from it as you can possibly get. The Bible says that in the last days, and I don't believe this is just lost crowd. I believe this is us. It says in the last days, people shall be lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. When when we start enjoying doing doing the thing, then the things that you enjoy may not necessarily be in and of themselves uh, uh, sinful. But when you enjoy a you know when you enjoy a, a kickball game more than you enjoy a, a service, there's something wrong. There's something wrong there. And, uh, and we, we, ought to, we ought to realize that uh, we're being pulled into temptation when our hearts go in that direction. And, and, and one of the things that's a, it's a real, real cure for uh, that last, lackas, lackadaisicalness about temptation is the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord's beginning of wisdom, the fear of the Lord's beginning of knowledge... And when, when we fear the Lord, uh, then we'll have the right attitude about temptation. Um, you know, we've got, we're, we're, we're in springtime right now, and uh, we're, we're heading for summer. Have you noticed? Already. I mean, it hits 70 degrees, and everybody's got to take their clothes off. I'm not talking about here, and I'm not talking about you folks, but I'm talking about the world. Well, that's going to be a temptation. That's going to be a temptation to look. And there's all kinds of temptations that are out there. And uh, we need to not be indifferent to it, but we need to realize that we could easily fall into that temptation. We need to stay as close to God as we can. Another, another danger is, is a desire uh, for, for good more than a desire for God. Now, you shouldn't de- desire things that are good and right, But sometimes we desire good more than we desire God. Now, let me give you an example. Uh, Eve, when she was tempted, she was tempted because she was deceived. But also, she saw the food, she saw the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and she saw that it was what? Good for food. It was good. It wasn't something that was evil. It was something that was good, but it was forbidden. It was forbidden. There was a, a tract that was written. It was written, it wasn't a soul-winning tract. It was a track that was written for Christians. And the name of the track was simply, Others May, You Cannot. And, and what, it, what it basically said is, if, if something begins to steal your heart, no matter what it is, no matter how good it may be, if it, it, if it in any way takes away from your relationship with God, if it in any way begins to take a hold of your heart, others may go ahead and do that thing, but you ought not to. I've heard of people that, and I'm not saying that if you, if you like sports that you need to quit sports, I'm not saying that at all, but I know people that have been just super involved in sports, and, and uh, then they get saved. And after they get saved, they continue in the sports. And I know of people that have come to the point where they just said, Look, uh, that's, that, the, 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 those, that particular or those particular sports are such a temptation for me to, to, to just give my heart to it that I'm just going to get away from it altogether. That may be your case. But understand that temptation is real and temptation is dangerous. Temptation is out there and you need to do everything you can to protect yourself from it. And it gets, the danger level begins to go up in our lives when we become indifferent to, to, uh, to that, that, that temptation. And, uh, and we desire things that are good more than we desire Than we desire God. Sometimes we we substitute good for God. Um, I've talked to several of our of our men about this very thing. Uh, Just and I'm concerned about it. I'm concerned about it with me. Um, I got more. I guess I got more desirous of things that are conservative with this last election than I did things that are godly sometimes. And uh, you know, uh, you know, you can have a, a you can have a good conservative with good conservative principles, and when they die, they're going to go to hell for all eternity. And that's possible. There's a bunch of them out there. Just because someone's conservative does not mean they're godly. And by the way, uh, uh, you know, conservative's good; godly's better. <laughs> And, and we need to realize that sometimes we can get sucked into those things that are good rather than things that are godly and and really the cure for that is just love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul with all your mind and all your strength and then the the, the last the last one is more of a concern and these are kind of all tied in together uh, it, it becomes a real danger when we have more of a concern over our physical situations than we do our spiritual ones. We have more of a concern over physical problems than we do spiritual problems. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Um, You know, uh, we we as Bible-believing Baptists, I, I got saved out of Methodism. And Methodism really, I was shocked to find out that uh, the folks that started the Methodist Church, John Charles Wesley, were, were saved men. They loved the Lord. I certainly didn't see that uh, in the church that I was going to at the time that I got saved. And the reason why is they got sucked into the, the social gospel thing. Um, you know, you uh, know, uh, what happens is is that people uh, start to get more concerned about physical things than we get concerned about spiritual things. Now, I'm not saying that it's wrong to go over and help, help somebody on the mission fields build a building. No, that's fine. But be concerned about souls while you're doing it more than you're concerned about the building. Uh, th- there's nothing wrong with medical missionaries as long as they're more concerned about the soul of the people that they're putting the needle into than they are just the body and just their general health. And, and we, need to, we need to stand guard of that. We have that happen in our own lives. We start, we start getting more concerned about the physical problems that we're dealing with than we, when we are about the spiritual problems that are around us. And, uh, you, know, we, we, uh, uh, you know, we get, we get sometimes, uh, we need to be careful, for instance, Uh, Since January, the price of gas has gone up almost, almost a dollar a gallon. I mean, it's it's gone up. Does that concern you? Yeah, Yeah, it concerns me. But you know what? That's nothing compared to people dying and going to hell. That's nothing compared to the guy that works at the gas station who's not saved. And sometimes we get more worked up about the physical things than we do about the spiritual things. And that's a real danger because what that does is that puts our focus in the wrong place. Now, what are some things that we can do in order to, to nourish and feed the right desire so that we don't fall into those traps? First of all, desire fellowship with God privately and, and, and decide that that is a priority. It's to spend private, personal time with God. Uh, spend time in your Bible, spend time in prayer. Don't let a day go by, and not just because you have to, but because you know you need to and you want to. And you want to get to know your God. Bible says, draw, draw, uh, draw, nigh, uh, draw nigh to me and I'll draw nigh to you. Our, our responsibility is to get close to Him. And then secondly, have a desire for eternal things. Proverbs chapter 23 and verse 5 says, Wilt thou set thine eye upon that which is is not? For riches certainly make themselves wings. Uh, Start start setting your desires on the things that are eternal and will last. Uh, Third thing, have a devotion for God. Now, I'm not talking about devotions. I'm not talking about sitting down reading your Bible and praying. I'm talking about be devoted to God. Be devoted to the things of God. Uh, be, d- be devoted to serving God and have that as a priority in your life. An- another thing we can do to feed the right desires is to have humility in our hearts. Um, I- I've read over the years about, about various revivals, whether they've been, been uh, nationwide, whether they've been area-wide, whether they've been church-wide, uh, but in every revival that I've ever read about, first and foremost, you know, one of the, the qualities that's always there is a humble spirit. As a humble spirit. Not pride, but humility. You know, do we, do we have a, a desire to become nothing before our God and for Him to be everything? Uh, you know, there are, there are two times that Jesus... Spoke of great faith, and the two times he spoke of great faith, one time was with a woman um, that uh, had uh, a daughter that was vexed with the devil, and before she got the answer to her problem, uh, Jesus said, "Should I give the you know should I should the king give his his uh, his bread and his meat to dogs?" And she said, "No, but even the dogs get the crumbs." You know what she had she had humility because she had humility uh, she had that great faith uh, the centurion uh, had a sick servant and he said look he says I'm not worthy of you to come to my house you just speak the words and and my servant will be healed well that that humility is absolutely essential uh, Another thing we need to have is we need to have a fear of the Lord uh, Realize that we serve, yeah, we serve a God of love, yeah, we serve a God of mercy. Of course we serve a God of grace, but we also serve a God of 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 judgment. We serve a God of righteousness. and we need we need to realize that He's one to be be feared. And though he's to be feared, he's also to be desired. and he's to be loved. The Bible says we ought to love the Lord our God with all our heart with all our mind, with all our soul, and all our strength. And the last thing we can do to, to make our desires uh, right and to nourish and feed those desire, the right desires is to make spiritual problems in our lives our number one concern. More than anything else in your life, what is your greatest spiritual struggles? What are your greatest spiritual problems? Well, those are the greatest problems that you have. It's not the physical. It's not the debtedness. It's not the, it's not the uh, interpersonal problems that you might have with somebody, whether it be work or in the family. The greatest needs that we have are our spiritual needs. And that's why, that's why God was so forthright with the Laodicean church when he said, he said, you're rich, you're increased with goods, but you're really, you're really weak, you're really naked, you're really destitute as a church because you don't see where the priorities ought to be. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Heads bowed and eyes closed. This morning, before we pray, I wonder if I could just ask you a question. How concerned are you about your your spiritual life? Maybe the Lord has spoken to your heart this morning about the fact that, you know, there are some dangers that are lurking. You know, when, when, when we don't respond properly to temptation or we say in our heart, well, this isn't so bad, we're walking down a dangerous, dangerous road. When we're more concerned about physical things, and we're concerned about spiritual things. We get Honestly, when we get more concerned about government, and sometimes we do, we get more concerned about government than we get concerned about souls dying and going to hell. That's a problem. And that's a dangerous place to be. And with heads bowed and eyes closed, May may the Lord spoke to your heart this morning. And you say, Preacher, just pray for me. I'm struggling with some things. And uh, thank you. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. Say, Preacher, here's my hand. I need prayer. Uh, Pray for me. Pray that I'll do that which I need to do and put the priorities right. Thank you. I see that hand. All right, let's go to Lord in prayer. Father, thank you for working in hearts. Thank you, Lord, for being plain in your book, for showing us What's needed and showing us what's necessary. Those verses like a wicked man does not have God in all of his thoughts. Lord, that means that there are times when I would qualify as a wicked man. Because you're not in all my thoughts. And Lord, we can we can be as as your people so easily distracted. And the reason why our, our country spiritually is not where it ought to be, is that sometimes we're part of the problem. And judgment needs to start at the house of God. So God, I pray, particularly for these folks that just raised their hand, said that you're dealing with them about something. Maybe there's a, a dangerous road they're going down. And you know, it never looks dangerous at first. It looks pretty innocent. But God, God, uh, we need to take things seriously we need to seek first the kingdom of god and your righteousness so that you can get the honor and glory through our lives i ask god that you would bless this invitation work and work in our hearts and as you speak to us this morning may we respond to you in jesus name we pray amen let's all stand